members of Mount Calvary Congregation, family and friends that have gathered here on this joyous, festive day, especially the family and friends from Utica and Lincoln, Nebraska. Brother pastors, and to you, my friend, Mark, grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Text for our meditation this afternoon, the Old Testament reading that is quoted in our epistle reading just happens to be the Old Testament reading series A for Christmas Day, Isaiah 52, beginning at verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. So far our text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it was many years ago, small town, could be small town Missouri, small town Nebraska, small town anywhere. There was a young man and a young woman that had been dating for a long time. And according to the young woman, way too long of a time. She was wondering if he was maybe a little bit slow and was hoping that very, very quickly he would wake up and they could move to the next level in their relationship. I think today they say, put a ring on it. You can imagine the joy and the excitement when the phone rang, the young woman picked up the phone, and it was her special boyfriend who said, Saturday night, I've got something really, really big planned for Saturday night. I'll pick you up at 7. The days, the days went so slow as all she could do was think about the excitement. Think about, finally, he was going to pop the question. The day came. Her heart was racing. He pulled up in his 1963 Chevy, honked on the horn. She came running out to the car. She got in and they began to drive very, very 
slowly. The tension, the tension was great. You could almost cut it with a knife. Finally, finally the young man pulled his car into the park. And he just barely, barely crept along. He stopped underneath a giant oak tree. He pointed up at the odometer and he said, Look, it's turning over to zero. She began to cry. And they were not tears of joy. He looked at her and said, Aren't you excited? She continued to cry. Finally, he looked at her and said, I don't understand. What were you expecting? My friends, today is a day of great expectations. Expectations of a congregation receiving a new pastor. Expectations of a new pastor who has been ordained and now being installed to feed this particular congregation of sheep in this place. Expectations are high. You may have expectations in the community. Expectations with extended family. Expectations can be very realistic. Look, the odometer's turning over. Or the expectations may be completely based on fantasy. That engagement ring. Today, as we gather together in God's house, on this day of great expectations, it is good for us to have the Lord God Himself teach us, train us, encourage us with what those proper expectations should be. As we heard in our epistle reading, quoted from Isaiah chapter 52, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him who brings good news. People in the pew, I don't know what you're expecting with your new pastor, but you should be expecting beautiful feet. Beautiful feet. Thus says the Lord, how beautiful are the feet of Him who brings the good news. Beautiful feet. I can honestly say I have never seen Pastor Kranz's feet without shoes and socks on. I don't know if they have corns or bunions. I don't know if he does a good job of trimming his toenails or maybe even if he has toenail fungus. But I can tell you, he has beautiful feet. You know how I know that? I've seen his feet in action. Now, right before we processed in, I asked, Pastor, I said, 
do the people here know? And he looked at me and I says, do the people here know that you're a dancer? And he said, I don't think so. <laughs> Your pastor has beautiful feet. He's a professional dancer. He could be any place besides Excelsior Springs, Missouri. He could be in New York, in Boston, San Francisco, dancing with a professional company. That's how beautiful his feet are. And what they do, and what they can do, and what I've witnessed them to do, are simply amazing. I'm sure if you ask him nice, he'll put on dance classes here. <laughs> his feet are beautiful. But my friends, your new pastor will not dance around the Word of God. Your new pastor will not tap dance when it comes to a difficult subject. I have seen him from early on. I have seen his hunger for the Word of God. His hunger which drew him to Lutheranism, to the Lutheran confessions, to the Lutheran liturgy. His hunger for the Word of God, which ultimately drew him to the seminary. I have seen him at work with little preschoolers and little children in our elementary school. The love the care, and the compassion. My friends, beautiful feet are here. Beautiful feet in your pastor who has been called by you to proclaim the good news. What does that mean? What should your expectations be? Well, we heard in our Old Testament reading from Ezekiel, you should expect this pastor with beautiful feet to be a watchman. That's right, a watchman. One who will warn you of impending doom. How will he do that? By preaching God's word in its truth and purity. By telling you... What God says, not what he thinks, not what he feels, not what the synodical bureaucrats have decided, what God's word says. He will give it to you boldly, all of the law in its harsh, stern, condemning power. But he won't leave you there. Your watchman will warn you, and then he will give you the life-giving, life-changing good news of Jesus Christ. My friends, the world promises all kinds of salvations. The world promises all kinds of saviors. There's only one. The one who is the way, the truth, and the life. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. But the Lord has laid on Him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He is the one 
who brings forgiveness, life, and salvation. He is the one who has earned salvation for us and delivers the goods. He delivers the deliverance through the beautiful feet pastor that he places here. In our epistle reading where we get that beautiful feet word picture, the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. My friends, you can expect your beautiful feet pastor to study God's Word, to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest God's Word, but not as an academic exercise in order to teach and preach that Word to you. You know, there's nothing that makes a pastor more joyful than people who want to come to church who want to hear the Word of God, who want to be taught at the various Bible studies that are available in the church. I have not yet met a pastor yet who doesn't love it when the phone rings and it's a member of the congregation who says, Pastor, I was reading in Obadiah the other day and I have this theological question for you. Pastors, eat that up. My friends, your expectation should be that your pastor will be a man of the Word, the Bible. We, unlike so many would-be Christians today, actually believe that the Bible is the Word of God. We actually believe that the Bible teaches us not only about salvation, but how we should live our lives. My friends, Expect your pastor to be a pastor of the Word and expect that he will preach and teach and share that Word on visits every opportunity he gets. You want to talk about the weather? You want to talk about sports? You want to talk about politics? That's not why you called this man. Expect him to bring you God's Word. God's Word. God's Word. My friends, sometimes our expectations get a little out of whack. Like that young lady in our opening story, sometimes our expectations are more of a hope or a pipe dream. Sometimes they've been shaped by other outside forces or our feelings and our emotions. When we examine our expectations with regard to pastor and people coming together, we know that sometimes our expectations have set us up, set the leadership in our congregation up, or set the pastor up for failure. 
My friends, the pastor has not been called here because he is a great business mind. He has not been called here because he will wow everyone and bring in the dollars and the seats. He's been called to be faithful. And with his beautiful feet, he hasn't even been called here to teach you how to dance. He'll do that just for fun. My friends, we've heard one word through all of our readings, our prayers, our introit, and that word is peace. Peace. We use that word a lot in church, don't we? The peace of the Lord be with you, and also with you, and with thy spirit. My friends, every time you hear that word peace, you need to think the forgiveness of sins. That's why Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came into this world, for the forgiveness of sins. Every time we see that word peace in our hymns, in our scripture, in our liturgy, it is code word for the forgiveness of sins. This is why we are Lutheran Christians. The foundation is justification by grace through faith on account of the person work of Jesus Christ. In other words, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, to a bunch of Frightened disciples with shattered or crazy expectations. Jesus appears to them. He says, peace. Peace. In other words, your sins are forgiven. And then he gives them this charge. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Pastor, your job is to preach and teach and proclaim the forgiveness of sins. Everything else is secondary. Jesus came to forgive sins. He shed his blood to forgive the sins of the world. He places you in this place. To forgive sins. Expect your pastor to be a pastor who forgives sins. You want a counselor? He'll refer you. You want to confess and hear of God's great love for you? He will dance all the way in great joy. To be able to speak those sweet words of forgiveness in your ear. We've talked a lot about what a congregation should expect. Pastor, I would love to tell you that you can expect to be warmly welcomed when you bring both law and gospel to your people. Sometimes you will. Sometimes you won't. I'd love to tell you 
that there will never be a problem in this congregation as long as you are faithful to the word and confessions of the church. It's not true. The devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh work hardest where the gospel is proclaimed in its truth and purity. Satan will know what's going on in this congregation among this people. And Satan will work hard. He will work hard on you. He will work hard on your people. He will work on your family. He will work to create divisions among you. There will be times when you will be melancholy or full of funk. There will be days when you want to quit. There will be days when you wish you were still dancing. Mark, my friend, my son in the faith, God has placed you here. God has given these people to you and you to these people. God will give you the strength, the power, the wisdom to endure anything and everything that Satan throws at you or them. You've heard it more than once at Good Shepherd in Lincoln. What do we stand on? The Word, the Word, the Word. The Word of God. The second person of the Trinity that took on flesh and blood and made His dwelling among us. He's the one with beautiful feet because they are nail scarred for you, for me, for the life of the world. The beautiful feet that carried the cross all the way to Calvary. The beautiful feet that were with Jesus, holding him up as he set his face resolutely toward Jerusalem and the cross. The beautiful feet that leaped back for joy and life on that first Easter Sunday. You proclaim the beautiful feet of Jesus. That's why your feet are beautiful. The Word of God made flesh for you, for me, for the life of the world. The Word written down. The very Word of God. The Bible. God's inspired, inerrant, infallible Word. God cannot lie. And so you have God's Word to feed you, to nourish you, and to feed, strengthen, and nourish your people. The Word connected to water, bread and wine, words, Jesus bringing forgiveness, life, and salvation, true peace to you and to you and your people together. Oh, Mark.
I cannot tell you how proud I am of you, your family for sticking with you through unbelievable sacrifices and commitment. I can't tell you how concerned, worried, can't even find the right words. There are many days when it's no fun to be a pastor. There are many days when everything around you, everything that you see, hear, and feel will tell you that Satan is winning. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. On those days, you call me, you call Pastor Burnt, you call Pastor Moline, call Pastor Morundi, you call your brothers here. The true brotherhood that encourages and strengthens, that points you back again and again and again to the beautiful feet of Jesus Christ. God does not promise you everything will be easy peasy cheesy. I know your expectations. Make sure they are grounded in the Word of God. And as they are, the blessings that God has for this pastor and this people together are beyond imagination. May God grant it to you for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, the forgiveness of sins, the peace of God guard your hearts, your minds, your lives, and especially on this day, your expectations in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The only way we can have good expectations is if God gives us a new heart. We stand and sing our offertory.